Welcome to the Limitation is Amarized podcast. On this episode, I have a superhuman, awesome guest in Joel Stone, who is a marketing coach. Uh, he is an agency owner, is a best-selling author, a podcast host. Your podcast is called Stay Hungry. In the background is a book called Stay Hungry. Also, for all you viewers who are watching and not listening, well, listening and watching, I suppose, but people that can see the book is in the background. We will ask about that later. Uh, just in case I missed anything, because mostly I just read your your Instagram bio uh, to make sure I didn't miss anything. But do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are to everyone? And welcome to the podcast, I suppose. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, what an intro. Good job. I've got my Insta profile up to date. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. uh, a mutual friend, mutual friend of ours would have hammered me if that had been wrong. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, my name's Joel. Uh, I run a marketing agency called Codebreak with my business partner, Andy. And we help small business owners generate more customers through digital marketing. Easy as that. Nice. You have that elevator pitch down. Um, so small business owners, digital marketing, do you think that's some, it's obviously something that all small business owners need. But in my experience, working with lots of people, they do you think a lot of people wait till they're ready? I'll, I, wait, I'm ready before I start doing my marketing. Yeah, so um, roughly we don't work with any businesses that turn over less than 200 grand because what we tend to find is those businesses are still in the stage where they should be doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's that whole, um, either they're in that unsure period of like, oh, I'll do that when I'm ready or they're still figuring things out and and as a rule of thumb you can kind of scale a business to 150k off your existing contacts um and then that's when it starts to get a little bit tricky and you need to start employing some tactics yeah once you start to scale it all you start to notice that you can not only outsource lots of the things that you're doing to pull back all of your time but you start to realize how little you know about the next step like because I, I know from doing my own stuff yeah. i'm like oh, i just do this do this and i'm like this is now plateauing here i need to and then when you find people like yourself and you get chatting to people like yourself you're like oh i see i don't have a clue in this area so if i was listening to this and i was thinking well what could a what could a marketing coach or an agency do for me what would be the like overview the sky view of it yeah so, so i guess you've you've got two kinds of business owners. You've got the business owner with the big dream that worries about how they figure it all out to get there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the business owner with the big dream that's going to pay someone else to figure it out for them. Um, and we work with the ones that want to pay someone else to figure it out for them usually, or we coach the ones that want to do it themselves. Um, and what, what I tend to find is up until 100k 150k 200k depending on where the person lives their lifestyle and stuff they uh let they're leveraging money up to that point so Mm -hmm. it's about what can they afford to do and about how much income they're generating after that point they're very often leveraging time and so it's almost like what can they afford not to do so that they can have a life um yeah and that's where we come so marketing's very uh time intense and there is no shortcut lots of people will say online there are hacks and shortcuts but they're not truly hacks you have to know what you're doing for it to work in the first place um so the where we come in is really giving people their lives back mm-hmm. or, or helping them scale way quicker than they would have done if they'd have tried to do it themselves yeah, I love that point about people just spending, they spend the money, whatever they can afford to get done, to, trying to do everything. And then they realize at some point, I'm wasting all day, every day doing something like, like if you use the videos that I'm doing, for example, I was chatting to someone and, and yeah. they were asking me how long it takes a video. And I was saying, well, it'll take about an hour and a half. And they were like, it took me just over six hours to do this one. You're like, how much is your time worth? How much are you losing there by doing that yourself something that you hate and doing it yourself um so just getting people to that point and and again it's not it's not cheating your dreams i've had this conversation before people like i would get i like to do it all myself because it's my nobody has the same understanding of the dream as me 
you're like yeah but you don't have the understanding of like joel to make your dream happen yeah, yeah. way faster than it than it's happening um how did you actually get into this so this isn't a normal like job direction yeah i was gonna <laughs> say job but yeah. direction to take in life so how did you get yeah here? so um my background is uh, uh, I studied graphic design at university. Um, always wanted to be a graphic designer. Was fortunate to work on some big brands. So I've worked on Guinness. I worked with Under Armour on Anthony Joshua's brand. Worked with Channel Four, um, and then the recession hit. And to be a graphic designer at that time, you probably had a full-time graphic design job that didn't pay very well. Mm -hmm. And then you freelance for lots of agencies on the side and didn't tell your employer that that's what you were doing. Um, <laughs> when a recession hits, very, very easy to cut freelancers first because yeah. no contract. So my income went from what was a really decent income and I lived near Manchester having a great time to just above minimum wage. And it just wasn't, wasn't feasible. Um, so I went to work for a conference company that manufactured goods in the conference industry doing design work but also the marketing um and ended up flying out to china working with them in their factory and that that went really well until the conference industry fell on its ass which is about year a year later than the marketing industry during that recession um so then i thought right i'm gonna go be a chartered accountant weirdest <laughs> career move ever for a graphic designer um, yeah. <laughs> but what i what i knew in the back of my mind was if I've got graphic design, I've got marketing, and then I've got accounting, when I sit around a boardroom table to discuss things, when I eventually set up my own business, people will take me seriously, because I'll be able to come at them from all angles. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I did my accountancy, set up my own design agency, grew that, merged with my business partner, and here we are today. It's funny, because when you said accountant, it did was such a left field statement that you're like, where is this going or why did that even logically fit in? But uh, the idea, the idea of sitting there and understanding from all angles is something that I think about in my business now that because I had to slog through learning Canva and videos and coaching and everything, when I am outsourcing, the people can't bullshit me because when they tell me, you know, this is very technical and blah, 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 I'm able to go, well, not isn't because I, know exactly how this works and yeah yeah and i, I didn't yeah, yeah, i'm not i'm not hiring you because i don't know how to i'm hiring you because i don't want to do it and there's a there's a difference we yeah. we just won a client on that basis yeah. they came to see us and they said oh we want this integration on our website and we've been quoted two grand and i said well if you want i can do it for you in this meeting right now oh how much <laughs> will that be oh, well i'll do it for free because i know what's involved and it isn't two grand and then yeah. they've now become a long client because I've told the truth. Yeah, that, that's, I think it's one of the things that connected me with all of your stuff. We, we met through Neil, who has been on the podcast as well. We met through his group and just your, your honesty in general, but like for me, it was the VCon really that showed, cause it, you're like my, I, I believe like myself, whenever you get into that sort of environment, the childlike creative mind, like you weren't, trying to be hello i'm a businessman yeah. at vcon you were like i'm a vcon like look at me look at what i'm doing and that's i think yeah, that really yeah. changed for you as well that, and, and like you're saying there that people are going to come to you um for that so since i just brought up vcon um because it just reminded me that you were there what was that like being in this industry and then being surrounded um, by all those people yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I imagine most people listening to this won't know what VCon is. So, because oh, yeah. everyone what is VCon? Speak to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I bought uh, in April last year, I bought an NFT. So, for the uninitiated, that's a non fungible token, which is kind of like a crypto thing, a bit of a collectible. Some of them have utility, some of them don't. And it was by Gary Vaynerchuk, who's really, really big in the marketing world. And what that's given me is three years access to VCon, which is his conference for crypto marketing business and NFTs. Um, now, if I'm honest, the reason I did it was it was so far out of my comfort zone that I thought it was a shit or bust way to grow my comfort zone quickly. Uh, yeah, because because, you know, when you put that kind of money down, you're at risk of divorce, you're at risk of losing your house. 
you're at risk of losing your business. It's a it's a bit of a punt. <laughs> and, uh, but I thought what would come off the back of it would be life changing. Um, and nobody else did really. Everyone thought I'd gone crazy. Um, but what's yeah. happened is that NFT is now worth a lot more than I paid for it. And um, I ended up buying myself tickets to go to Minneapolis on my own. The conference was at the uh, Minnesota Viking Stadium. So it's like a 70,000 seater indoor stadium. There's like, you know, I was lucky enough to meet Snoop Dogg and Pharrell and Mila Kunis and talk to Jesse Itzler. It was like taking someone who never thought he would ever go to anything like that and then just dropping him in it. And I think that's how you describe my reaction on Instagram yeah. is like, I, I, there was no yeah. way I could document it by trying to pretend like this was the culmination of 20 years work and I deserve to be here. And, you know, I'm on the same level as these people. I was like a kid in a sweet shop. I was just so excited to be there and, and so humbled by, by the experience and meeting all these people who felt the same way as me, they were humbled too. So it was like, it was like meeting up with six and a half thousand of your best mates who you've never met. Very, very strange situation. Uh, one of the other reasons I wanted to bring that up was just to further prove that the freedom that you get from having your own business and working for yourself. Because again, if you were stuck as a chartered accountant and you decided <laughs> you wanted to buy yourself some tickets to a VCon, there would have been a lot, a lot of easy escapes from your comfort zone to go oh, well i can't really leave work and it's going to cause this and all this whereas developing it's something i push with everyone that i speak to developing their own even if it's only a side business so that you can start to develop freedom like you have that freedom now to do like essentially whatever you want even if you're terrified to do it and you're just trying to blow up your comfort yeah. zone. yeah yeah absolutely so um I'm not going to dress it up and say I have like a jet set lifestyle and can just pick up and drop work whenever I want. That is, that is not yeah. my life. And, uh, and I think if you want to be a successful business owner, that will not be your life either. So uh, like just being honest, I, I, yeah. I really struggle with those like Instagram accounts where it's a Lamborghini in front of a private jet and like they're sat on the bonnet as if that's their real life. And, and you're like, well, I know billionaires that can't afford that. So this is not, this is, yeah. there's a disconnect. This isn't real. Um, but what my sort of career trajectory has afforded me is if I want to do something, I can. Um, and because I've been fortunate and worked hard to be successful, some of those things are things I never thought I'd be able to do. So um, VCon being one of them, you know, flying out to Minneapolis, going to this awesome conference. I spent another six days there afterwards, hired a car, spent six days looking for a moose. That's a true story. Um, <laughs> gives you, gives you insight into who I am and what I'm about, but yeah. Well, did you find the moose? Well, <laughs> so yes, in short, yes. But I, I went into North, uh, Minnesota and on the first day i got a higher car and i drove up a track into the woods and i drove 57 miles up this track into the woods and then um don't know what had really come over me but then realized that i was 57 miles from civilization in the woods like what the hell are you doing yeah um, and then people so appear, as you, as you, just appear on one of those american tv shows lost englishman yeah 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 what was his plan so what i am I drove back on myself until I got signal and just looked up the nearest place to get something to eat because I hadn't eaten all day and drove to this like saloon in the middle of the woods. And genuinely, if you don't believe me, go look at my Instagram because there's a there's a picture of this saloon on my Insta. And uh, I walked into this Insta and there was three lumberjacks in there and the bar lady. And they all turned around and looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, so I just ordered some fries and, and a Coke, sat there, spoke to them all, said, oh, where's the best place to find a moose? And uh, they all laughed. They're like, what, are you going to kill it? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, so uh, they told me this trail to go on called the Gunflint Trail. So the following day, got up at five in the morning uh, thinking, right, if I go before sunrise, 
I've got a higher chance there'll be less traffic around. Yada, yada, yada. Saw a skunk, saw a bobcat, saw a raccoon. Um, got out of the car, went for a trek, came across a bear. Now, that I say that very calmly because, weirdly, um, my wife runs a zoo, and so I've come across bears before. So I, I know what to do, which is a strange thing. Run. Um, run? Is the answer run? Back in the... Got back in... Uh, black bears you can pretty much just stand your ground and let them do what they want to do just don't approach them grizzly bear the answer is run in a zigzag but you're dead anyway so um they like don't have Washington shooter so it's cool <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway got back in the car driving back to the hotel hadn't seen a moose and the very last minute one ran across me on the road brilliant so that's that's a long way of telling you. Yeah, I saw a moose. Yeah, but I like I like the 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 zigzag off the conversation. Just throw in the middle, and and my wife runs a zoo, and the, and like I just enjoy how casual to the normal listener. Normal, I'm doing bunny ears. They're like, hold on, there's too many things here. You need to come back first. What what did you do when you saw a bobcat? What do you mean your wife runs a zoo? How did this? What has this got to do with marketing? How did you get here? Uh, yeah. so of the that it's so, gone in. Yeah, so my uh the reason I went to Vcon, apart from genuinely wanting to meet Gary V and, and ask him some marketing questions, was was mindset. Was could I spend ten days in my own company? How would I fare at that? And then like the moose hunt was me pushing myself to do something I wouldn't normally do. So I say hunt, I was not hunting a moose, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, so, and, and my wife's responsible for that. So she, um, it, in adventure terms, has no fear. So um, when I first met her, she'd just been on a bear trek in Sweden and didn't see any bears and she came back devastated. So we went to Canada the following year and saw loads of bears. Um, she goes scuba diving with sharks. She runs a zoo. She she just doesn't get worried about those things. She just thinks she's like Steve Irwin, that kind of like, <laughs> just gets really excited about animals and wildlife. And that's really encouraged me to push myself outside my comfort zone, which in turn has massively benefited my business. Yeah, well, the stronger your mindset gets, the easier it is for you to, I'd imagine, get in and speak to those sorts of clients that are dealing with because I know from the past working with people that when they start to get into talking about bigger money, they get a bit of a fear, like imposter syndrome nearly, where I'm yeah. hearing that guy's earning millions and I'm only in hundred thousands. Like, what do I do? And you're like, Well, he doesn't know what you know, and you don't know what he knows. So yeah, yeah. You, know, you are where you need to be at the time. So it's it's something I think is overlooked a lot in business. People think that once they get their business sorted, they'll sort everything else. I'll sort my life out then. I'll, I'll become more confident. I'll dress better. I'll do everything else. Whereas you're doing a mix of the both, which is improving the business whilst hunting animals. <laughs> yeah, I spend I spend now now I'm kind of have have a team and a business partner. I spend more time working on myself than I do working on the business, and and it's really interesting. Um, and it's all about those marginal gains. Like today I had uh, a kickoff meeting with a celebrity client. Now, if you'd have told me five years ago, I'd have a celebrity client, I'd have laughed. Um, and we're, we're lucky to have several now, Brilliant. but that comes with imposter syndrome that comes with the whole thing you're saying about, well, this person's worth millions of pounds. They've got millions of followers. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And it's that resilience mindset and that self-belief to say, well, I, I can bring something to the table here and I'm not just going to be a shrinking violet. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be willing to say no to this person that doesn't get told no very often. <laughs> yeah. Which is important because again, if you're, if you become a yes person, you end up, I've made this mistake in my business in the past where you end up a few months down the line thinking, why am I doing this shit? This is not, this is why I left my other job. Now I'm here doing this. Uh, j just when we're on mindset, is there anything that's been like a, a particular thing that you started doing? We were like, this is, this is, why have I not been doing this forever? This is really up to my game. Yeah. I journal every day now. Um, so every day I write down 
and, and I'll go through the process. So I write down the mood I'm in. So how do I feel? And there could be four or five feelings there. It might, you know, if you're just angry, you probably should go see the doctor. That's weird. But <laughs> yeah. I'll, like, let's say it's negative. I'll write down angry, stressed, tired, and frustrated. If it's positive, I might write down content, peaceful, inspired, and motivated. So I'll write down how I feel, and then I'll just write like a short um, paragraph or two about how the day's gone or what I expected the day. Then I'll write down a couple of things I want to achieve tomorrow, and then I'll write down anything I'm worrying about. And what I find is, one, it gets out of your head, which is, I think, really important. Two, it makes you realize everything you've achieved that day. And three, it gives you massive context because I've had days that are almost identical, but depending on the mood that I wrote down at the beginning, I feel completely different about that day. So whereas on one day, a problem could be catastrophic on another day, it's a really interesting challenge. And yet it was the same thing. Yeah. I love that idea. And journaling again is something I, I, been doing for a long time as well actually to the point where I, I taught it so much that i ended up creating my own journal because i just got sick of teaching nice. the same thing over and over again so i have same sort of idea the journal uh, there's one somewhere the journal i do a wake up what time i'm getting up at what day i'm on in the journal so i, I struggled the other day i was um because i started marking the days down and it was six 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 and i thought do people write 666 in their journal or do I? So I ended up writing 600 and six day 600, six day six, because I didn't want 666. I think that was my old Kung Fu superstition popped in again. But then I do like gratitude, <laughs> three things you're grateful for, um, three non-negotiables in your day. So no matter how shit your day is, at least you did three things that were good. And then the same, same mm. thing in the morning, I write my mood what I'm going to do. And then I do, I do morning and night journaling and then three things that went well. So it ends my day focusing on a high. Uh, and again, it's such a simple thing to do is write stuff. And I would even say like sometimes yeah. I, sometimes my day might start with me writing. I don't know how I feel. I don't know. And I, but I'll write that. I don't know. And then later on that day, I'll go, I'll be like, when I do my night journal, I'll be able to look back at that and go, you didn't know because you hadn't structured your day. You, you hadn't a plan. This is the first day you haven't planned anything. You're like, oh, fuck, right. So plan. And then I know now well, planning is good for me because it keeps me motivated. Um, so is this something that you would, as we add on, suggest to your clients when you're working with them just to keep them? So interestingly, our coaching clients, we, we've designed a journal for, the, for them. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, that, um, it's got a bit more of a marketing kind of skew on it um but yeah. but it's the same principle uh i've done for you clients obviously they're kind of offloading to us so if we then say <laughs> you need to journal about what a great experience this is that's probably <laughs> taking the piss <laughs> yeah. so um but yeah the coaching clients absolutely and it's really interesting because some of our done for you clients they're so time poor hence why they outsource to us that when you're just kind of having a review chat with them they very often ask questions about, oh, what do you read about mindset? What do you do for mindset? Like, what are your, what's your daily routine? And I always bring up journaling and interesting, I always bring up structure as well. Um, because I, I don't think there's, there's very few humans I've ever met that thrive without structure. There's a lot of people that say they like being spontaneous and yeah, they don't like being tied down. But when you actually look at the nuts and bolts of those people, they have incredible structure in their lives that allows them to be spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And so, so their routine is so nailed on that that free time allows spontaneity where that, that, that is structure in itself. And I think yeah. like for me, stru structure has been, been amazing because I had a relatively unstructured life as a, as, as a, t a teenager and injecting that structure has allowed me so much freedom and it it just en enhances everything in terms of if you're if you're trying to grow a business to a certain point and you and you build non-negotiables into your day the things that happen and how quickly they happen will really surprise you yeah it's the, the people that 
the people that don't like oh i don't like to do that and i don't like the structure too much they're the people that wake up and then have to waste a load of bandwidth in the morning going right what am i going to do today like i was saying about that last day i journaled yeah. because i didn't have my structure in place because i i've crossed over cleared up one business and, I, and i'm on another just just focusing on the other one i i had a bit of a transition to go where i was like where did i get all this time what the fuck do i do mm. with? and then you go that's good i've got all the spare time and then by day three you're wasting even more time than the time you've gained because you don't have anything in place so it's why i immediately went back to structure again like i, I need to create a new structure yeah. and, that. and like the people like you're saying that say oh, i thrive in chaos like no you don't at all like yeah know. so we um we went on holiday with some friends a few years ago and uh my, my wife's quite similar to me we plan what the what's going to happen on the holiday so we'll sort of plan out the days and obviously there's just like time in there for lunch and beach and all these things but we'll always be like oh we want to go and see this we want to do this and our friends were like what are you doing like it's a holiday you're meant to relax and i and i was like well to be honest with you i i can relax for a couple of days yeah i'll sit by the pool with you for a couple of days but after that i am going to be itch infrastructure and to do things and no it doesn't have to be work related but i just need to feed my mind and and if that's not for you that's fine but just expect me to take the higher car and bugger off yeah i i think that i find that while weird whenever people are like i know but we just want to sit you're like well you can sit i'm gonna go over there and see what's over there i know but we're here to relax like do whatever you i don't mind i I, i'm going to do that but people think that we're in this holiday together and you should be wanting to liaise. And I think it's down to like in your, you love what you're doing, same as, same as myself. So we don't need yeah. the escapism from life or the escape from that. You get like, I get to do what I'm doing. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. I get to interact with the people I'm interacting with. It's not something like, I'm not coming on this podcast thinking, fuck, right. I have to get through this one podcast today. And that's me done. Like, I don't get paid yeah, for doing yeah. the podcast. I yeah, love was... doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was it. Like I looked at my diary this morning. I had three meetings before this. I knew got the podcast. I've got a, a call with one of my coaches after this. And I just look at it and, I, and like every day I'm I'm looking forward to that stuff. Yeah. So a holiday doesn't mean the same thing at all. I'm not going on holiday for a massive i mean there is some recuperation and rest of course because i yeah. guess i have the other issue in the sense that I, I enjoy what i do so much that sometimes i forget to rest that's a bit yeah different <laughs> but but i actually go on holiday to be inspired so it's like oh let's go and experience some other culture let's see things i otherwise wouldn't see let's chase after a moose because it that's when i come up with my best ideas yeah, yeah you're creating you're creating a life that normal doesn't exist in. So like the, the moose story yeah. is a great example because people would be like, I would fucking never 57 miles. Like in my head, when you say 57 miles, I think of how far away, like that's nearly Belfast. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't enjoy that drive, but I would enjoy a drive up a mountain thinking I might see a moose. Like, and in my head, yeah. I only thought I was gonna say mooses, but that's probably not what they're called. Mo- what is it? Couple moose. Moose called? and moose, isn't it? Yeah, is it? just moose. Moose. Moose and moose. I thought and they moose. were only in Canada, so I've learned that. If nothing else, like so, I could see one if I went somewhere. They're in, they're in Sweden as well, so that'll blow your mind. How did they get there? <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, but like, like, there's a dose of reality that has to come with these things that. The grass isn't greener on the other side, or I'm not saying just because I don't live a normal lifestyle, it affords me to do these things. It's an incredible sacrifice. I don't get paid to go on holiday. I yeah. like, and then like the reality of chasing a moose 57 miles down a track is you've then got to go and pay a car valetor to valet the hire car to a, attention to detail, to a level of detail that they've never had to valet a car before because you couldn't possibly take the car back to avis in the state it was in forgot about that bit uh, um 
we'll go to your book because it's in the background there. First of all, stay hungry. What? Where did that come from? Stay hungry. So it's it's our business philosophy, for want of a better word. Um, and the the reality is, we had a client. Um, weirdly, they're a hire car company. <laughs> it's like you did that on purpose. Yeah. You didn't. Um, and they asked us to build their website and do their marketing. So what happened was we did a good job and they never had any cars on their forecourt. So they were having problems with people coming to them to hire a van or a car and they didn't have any. So we were like, awesome. We've nailed it. Let's get some more vans and cars. And yeah. they were like, no, our lives are hell. This is too busy. Like we're going to downgrade. And we, sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, we just want to go on to a lighter package. You guys are killing us. And that's that's the honest story of where Stay Hungry was born, is we can't work with people with that yeah. attitude because it goes against everything we're doing here. So I completely appreciate there are businesses that have a level and they want to operate at that level and it's comfortable and they live a nice life and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't approach us because we'll murder you. We'll <laughs> be on you, we'll be hounding you, we'll be talking to you about KPIs and cost per acquisition and how we're going to grow your business. And you'll be like, I just want to stay the same. Leave me alone. Yeah. So I actually asked my friend to draw us um, an emblem to, to go with that value to, to just make sure that people were really clear either this isn't for me or it really is for me. So now that we've got like a T-Rex and everything, it's printed on the back of this t-shirt. It's all over our office. So when people sort of land on our website, they're like, okay, uh, these guys might be a bit much for me or these guys are perfect for me. Yeah. And again, it's back to what you were saying about the celebrity stuff as well, being able to say no and knowing your worth and knowing what you actually want to do and who you want to work with instead of everyone. Like it's one of the things that when you work with, even in the video game, when I'm saying to people, who are you directing these videos at? Cause when I'm editing them, I'm thinking, oh, that yeah. was the Sally who's 30. And now this one's the Jimmy who's 80. And this is the kid. Like what the fuck is going on here? Oh, we can help everyone. That's you're just yeah. grabbing for people in. So, um, what was the process of the book then? How did the book come out of that? So, um, so this, there was, I don't know if you heard, there was this virus that went around, uh, yeah. ca caused quite a bit of disruption. So, uh, we we um we find ourselves with a bit more time than we normally have um and a massive problem in the sense that most of our clients had left so <laughs> right what we're we going to do to reposition the business and what we're going to do with all this time sat at home so that our wives don't kill us um so between andy and i we wrote the book in 60 days nice that's impressive book writing and it's a bestseller so it's not just like you wrote a book like because anybody to be fair could write a shit book in 60 days but yeah so yeah andy's background is copywriting so he was always under pressure i, I used to draw pictures <laughs> for a living so you know pressure's off but um it's the whole we didn't want to put something out there that wouldn't be incredibly valuable to people even once we're gone it, it had to have something about it mm -hmm. uh, because your name's on it it's that, yeah. that whole thing. And we'd also met a lot of businesses that had self-published and then used slightly shady methods to get the best seller yeah. title. Yeah. And we didn't want to do that either. So we just put our heart and soul into writing it, paid, paid a, a proper editor to edit it, and then uh released it on the saturday night self-published through um amazon direct publishing woke up on the sunday morning and it was a bestseller and we hadn't done anything that's awesome so it, that was that was a really nice feeling because we bled for that book <laughs> yeah yeah i've been there um and, and i love that you you brought that up that you're saying that you didn't do because i've been asked loads of time why why don't you just make your book a bestseller i'm like well it hasn't sold more than the other things so it's not i know but you could make it I'm like well, that's what for what, what i mean like what i may as well call it yeah. best selling like, what the fuck's the point it doesn't mean anything to me then that way so, yeah for the listeners there's a few people out there that uh 
they'll essentially put it on Kindle for free, a mm-hmm. uh, self-published book. They'll put it on Kindle for free, and they'll put a little bit of advertising budget behind it. And what happens is loads of people download it, and then you, unof- well, officially you get a bestseller title because it's you haven't actually sold any; it was free. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what we didn't. That's what we didn't do. We we just went after specific categories and said, obviously, in our case, marketing. So. <laughs> Yeah, but even that when you're saying that, like there's people that that would put their book up and and for a couple hours would put it in like dog grooming category or something stupid, and then have all their buy a load of copies bestseller. Like no one adds that the other bit. It's a bestseller and dog grooming. You're like, what are you? Yeah, think- yeah. So it's funny you say that because what I did was uh, we wanted to be a bestseller in small business marketing. Because guess what, we do marketing for small yeah. businesses. So. <laughs> So when we when we got it, I screenshotted it so that if anyone ever questioned it, it was like, well, no, look, we're in a legitimate category with lots of books. Look at the books alongside it. This is this is the real deal, and uh, it's paid off really nicely because we've got a few American clients now that are, are kind of wise to this game, mm. and uh, they're like, well, can you can you show us the evidence? And it's like, yeah, and happy day. Even though you're a graphic designer, they still believe you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, what yeah, category do you want it in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it in anything. <laughs> um, Number one bestseller in romantic novels. Well, Stay Hungry could be a romantic novel. To be fair. Yeah, Stay Thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might do do slightly better. Um. So whenever it comes to all of it like everything's now starting to open up again like cause it, from the sounds of it a lot of it was triggered by the shutdown of everything so are you noticing now people are starting to realize right we can get back in we can start doing marketing budget we can start growing again or so we i've never existed in a world any different but andy promises me that there was a time before this but there's always a problem in the world at the moment yeah. so um We've had recessions, we've had Iraq war, we've had uh, COVID and that. And now we've got the Ukraine and being told that we're on the edge of another recession and Brexit. Um, So I've always got prospects with objections. There's always something. There's always this whole like, well, because of Brexit, we're winding in our marketing budget or, uh, well, there could be a recession. So let's chat after the summer, that kind of thing. And to, to be honest, it's a great qualifier for us as a business to be like, you're still going to have to market your business, whether there is or there isn't. So if yeah. if marketing's a priority for you, that's fine. Let's let's cut our ties now. Let's not wait till the end of the summer. Or if you're serious about this, the way we work is all always about getting you a return on your investment anyway. I don't care if the world's burning my job is to get you a return on your investment regardless of external mm-hmm. factors obviously if there was a national power cut for six months we might have to have a chat but that isn't going to happen so yeah the 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 idea that people seem to think that like what i don't get whenever people say that, that they're waiting like say when brexit first came about and people were like oh, i'm gonna wait to wait to see how like it's been like five or six years or something like how long are people waiting for and you put it perfectly there you're gonna have to market it anyway and and my thinking would be you you're gonna need to market better and more because if if there is if people start competing on price because of whatever's going on in the world at the time surely you being more authentic and more visual like people more people seeing you is going to make it better for you so do you think it's just a back again I suppose to mindset do you think it's just a fear I think um particularly in the UK but but other markets too people find it much easier to find reasons to say no than they do to find reasons to say yes especially when it comes to spending money on something that's not tangible yeah um so there is a lot of objections to deal with some of which are fair enough and some of which I think are kind of catastrophizing. So when um, a local bridal shop says to me, well, we're thinking about 
delaying things because of Brexit. I'm like, what the fuck's Brexit got to do with it? Brexit has got having no effect on you. Everyone's still getting married. We've just had two years of lockdown. There's more weddings than ever. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of get into it and realize that some people will just do as they're told. So if, if the media says there's a recession coming, guess what? We'll have a recession because everyone decides that we're all going to fail. <laughs> or if the media says, you know, there's no grain being exported from the Ukraine, there's going to be a food shortage. Everyone just accepts the price rises of food in the shops. It's like, there's no grain in the food you're buying. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it's that whole like, um, whereas actually hungry business owners going back to the kind of the stay hungry point, don't accept that stuff. Yeah. That they, they, you know, they find out for themselves, they'll look at something and they'll be like, okay, can I control that? No, right, park that, get rid of that. And then they'll just look, they'll only look to control the things they can control. So that could be getting their videos nailed. It could be getting their digital advertising nailed. It could be making sure their bookkeeper is doing their books in the most efficient way possible. And they'll park all the stuff they can't control and just focus on the stuff they can. Yeah, which is a great idea for life in general, never mind just... Um, within the business uh, and, and like you're saying there that people will find the excuse to not do but do you think it's then your job to remind them of why they should do it or do you disqualify it because you want people who are yeah, hungry sometimes i have to but it, i do worry when i have to remind people this stuff that it, it comes over very salesy um yeah. and i don't want to dress up I never want to persuade someone to work with me. If I have to persuade them, the marketing hasn't done its job. Yeah. Um, and that, that's really interesting. But but like looking at major events, the last recession, born out of the last recession was all of the social media companies. So suddenly you had like Facebook, Twitter, all, Instagram, LinkedIn go massive on the other side of that. The recession prior to that, we had the dot-com boom. So suddenly all of these massive internet companies burst out of it and the, the whole way the world did business changed mm. now we're obviously having a tricky time now i i can guarantee you there will be businesses on the other side of this that have spent time marketing and working hard through yeah. it that will explode on the other side of all these issues and people won't have even seen it coming but it's because they've invested in themselves when nobody else did yeah it's back to the the staying hungry like they're pivoting and working towards building the business and building the lifestyle and building something going forward instead yeah. of just settling like like and I, I love that idea of not trying to convince people to like i've actually said this on calls like i'm not going to try to convince you to work with me because you'll be a fucking nightmare then i, I don't what i want someone like for the video game i want people to that just say to me, what do I need to do? I just need to video it and give it to you. And I don't have to do any of the other boring shit that takes hours. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the people I want. I don't want the person going, but let me tell you this. Now, if I was to do it this way, what would it be like? like I don't just do it the easiest way and we'll get it all done. Yeah. And it'll be faster and work for you. So it's sort of sticking to your guns. Not that you hunt or anything, but sticking to your guns. Uh, when it comes to all of this sort of stuff is what I'm finding is, is the correlate, like what, what's crossing over from how your business has grown and how you've stayed working with the clients you're working with. And then I'm thinking, well, that's actually what I'm doing as well. So say just because I know um, where are of your time here, just so we'll cut it. And at some stage, I'll try to get you back. Um, if I was starting out now and I'm thinking, oh, fuck, that's what I do. I actually just take on anybody. I agree anyone i'm sort of i need the clients at the minute what what would you suggest would be a useful way for me to change it around to go right rather than needing clients i need to start looking for clients i actually want that i want to work with that are hungry and that are going to stay that way so the um the first chapter in our book which i wrote is called fuck everything else until you sort this and it's about this topic so um and basically, near nine out of 10 businesses I meet are playing the game of throwing as much shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And 
the problem you have is you have a you end up with a chaotic business. You don't know why those people became customers, and you also don't know how to serve those customers because there's such a variety. So mm -hmm. you've got all these different personality types flying around. You've got all these different problems flying around. You have erratic behaviour to factor in. So people who become really successful and hate you for it. People who it's all this really random stuff. Um, and what you need to do is take a step back, particularly um, when you've got your business to a point where you're earning a living. So once you've got to that kind of point where you've established yourself, take a step back and have a think about what you want. So who do I want to work with? Um, what's my perfect customer? And I don't mean what's my customer avatar that's different. So I mean, who is easy to work with? There's no friction. They pay on time. When, when their name comes up on your phone, you don't have that horrible feeling in your stomach. It actually, your eyes light up. And you're like, oh, that'd be, I can't wait to speak to them. Yeah. That, like, there's a real different feeling between a perfect customer and a nightmare customer. And then think about who your customer avatar is. So the cross-through is the people that are a really good fit for you personally or on a values basis. Uh, and if you had like a, a, a Venn diagram, they would also be your customer avatar. So they need what you do. They fit the criteria, but they also have the same values as you. And what you tend to find then is it work becomes a joy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really different. Um, so so something we've done in our, in our advertising before now, um, if, if listeners are away with advertising, you can target people based on their interests. So we'll put like our customer avatar in and then let's say they're going to become a coaching client from this funnel and Andy heads up the coaching side of our business. He really likes Star Trek. So one of the tricks we use is must also be interested in Star Trek in our, in our advertising, <laughs> because what Andy will do midway through an onboarding call, he'll say something like, Oh, it's a bit like when Spock forgot to do such and such. I don't know about Star Trek, but, um, and the person on the other end of the Zoom call gets so excited. They're like, oh, you like you like Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they suddenly the synergy becomes amazing because they're mm -hmm. like, and, and the same happens with me. I like lower league football. I'm like one of the three people. And uh, <laughs> what happens is I'll be like, they'll be like, what did you do at the weekend? And I'm like, oh, I went to watch Shrewsbury Town play. Now, first, first reaction is they laugh. Second reaction is they'll ask me a question about it. And suddenly, every catch-up call with that client is 90% about lower league football and 10% about their results. And as long as the results are good, mm -hmm. it's just like chatting to an old friend. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a nice wee, again, it's something that people wouldn't really think of. But imagine if you could have all your best friends as your clients. That would yeah yeah absolutely every call better and I love that idea because I've had it in the past where the message pings or something pings and you, no matter how amazing your day is going you just your brain sees it and for that moment is like oh fuck here we go yeah and like, like, don't get me wrong no business ever gets this a hundred percent right someone always slips through yeah uh, and I've, I've had one today I got an email today and I, I saw it. And just by the language of the email, I was like, this guy is not on the same page as me. <laughs> and it's fine. It's fine. We, we're getting him results, but I know long term, we'll probably go our separate ways. And it, it's just purely because I got that email and just thought like, why, why are you taking life so seriously? You're getting results. It's going really well. Like, chill out. Ask me what I did at the weekend. Let's like, yeah. just calm down. Yeah. Again, it's the same, it's that whole taking it so serious. Everything, I think, whenever some people get too sucked into their business and everything has to run perfectly all the time, or if if everything isn't perfect, everything's fucked, and you're like, it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't work that way. yeah. That's that's one of my favorite things to do in my journal is um, I write down everything that's gone well in the day and everything that's gone bad in the day, and the gone well list is so much longer than the gone bad list every day every yeah. every day 100 percent. But, yeah. but you'll find unless you're careful 90 percent of your thought energy has been on the negative side of that list mm -hmm. um yeah. and it's really important to remember to 
put enough energy into the gotten well side. I used to use the example of if you were coming to my office and you passed 10 people on the street and nine of them waved at you and one of them flipped you the bird, who would you tell me about? They'd co- they're like, oh, of course, why would they flip me the bird? And like, this is a hypothetical and you're already getting annoyed. <laughs> like, like Mr. People- Bean. It was Mr. Bean. <laughs> but people overlook the wave for the for the negative why did they do that yeah Um, so i totally agree that people can if they if they're not self-aware enough they can end up being sucked into that negative uh joe i could keep you you'll see it with you'll see it with video you'll see it with marketing sorry i know you're trying to get rid of me for my own appointment as well (laughs) but uh you see it with video you see it with marketing where marketing's going really well nine out of ten things are working and and they'll focus on the one thing that isn't working. And you're like, well, just stop doing that. You don't need that because the <laughs> other nine things are working. And they're like, no, 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 I want them to fix that. Well, we're not going to. We're just going to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, not everything has to be fixed at all times. Um, especially mm. in a business that's changing and growing and a world that's changing and growing. Uh, again, fear of fear, back to fear. We People don't like change. I'm gonna like I've done things like I've changed the color of your font this time. Oh, I don't like that. Like I know, but you're wearing a t-shirt that the font doesn't work with, so I have to change. No, I, I need you to go back. Like, well then it'll be invisible. Has to be the same color brand and font. I'm like, well then stop fucking wearing stupid t-shirts. Like, what are you doing? Why is this such a thing? Yeah, yeah. Put some brand then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Post it and see what happens. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off because I, I know you have to go anyway, and I don't want to be the reason why you end up in an argument with a client fighting about a moose yeah. uh, where where do people find you how do they find you i will link everything but just for people listening where's the best way to find you thanks uh if you want to reach out to me uh i'm at joelstone13 on instagram just dm me and we'll, we'll get into a chat uh codebreak.co.uk if you want a more serious chat and uh <laughs> if you find any any moose out there i want to hear about it <laughs> And the book is on Amazon. Books on Amazon. Um, if you're really nice to me in the DMs, I'll send you a copy for free. Uh, all that will happen then is our team will hound you until you become a co-break client. But don't worry, that's fun too. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, Joel, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for giving it up. And for everyone listening, just reach out to any of us if you have any questions. I know you will have got a lot from this. And have a super awesome day, whatever you get up to, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me.